Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 10-year anniversary of Constructive Criticism. I am joined by a very special guest, somebody that I would consider um, one of the founders and the... I don't know, what, it, what is it when somebody, Kyle, where you bounce ideas off of them, and you're like, here's the things that I'm thinking about, like, I ended a podcast that you were a part of, and I was like, I want to do something different, I want to do something impactful, and like... I kept shooting ideas off of you. You shot ideas off of me. Like, what is that type of relationship? I mean, I saw it kind of just as collaboration. I thought I think that there was a lot of uh, opportunity at the time. the The podcast landscape was like so sparse um, that uh, there was just so much, so many different angles you could go and be effective. Yeah. So, for those who know, Kyle uh, is uh, just to introduce you. You are. Uh, are you a full-time professor right now? Uh, I actually am. Uh, my, my title, I just got my business cards. I am a educational technology application expert. Oh, okay. That's um, a so long title. I'm, I'm working on the uh, admin side of the house in higher ed. I basically manage the, the learning management system for all the classes at the university. And then I'm still also teaching math. I just got done teaching a stats class right before I came here tonight. That's awesome, man. Uh, Kyle is, for those who don't know, like it's been 10 years. So a lot of you might not that are listening to this, but like Kyle was on episode one and my favorite line is, I think it's like the, I, you can't find the episode anywhere. I, I tried to find the first four episodes of CCMTG and I, I can't find them. So if, if somebody has access to it, let me know. But, uh, the, my favorite line that you said on the show is like, we're introducing ourselves as like who we are, like what, what we do in magic. And you have this line where you're like, yeah, and I'm the finance guy, so I don't know why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, and I think that that's still pretty much where I lean in terms of Magic the Gathering. I mean, I'll still go to a pre-release whenever I can. I'll hit an FNM. I like to draft the set. But for the most part, it's, uh, it's storage sealed product for five years and flipping it and then just moving into reserve list and then storing those for long term. So you you were on episode one and then I think you've done a couple of like the the memorial episodes if I'm not mistaken. I think like you've episode fifty, uh I think you were on stuff like that. Um what what do you remember about like the beginning? Uh like the the Spencer, Casey, Matt, Kyle moments of like we're gonna do this show it's about helping people qualify for the pro. Like, what it, what do you remember about it? So, honestly, what I think I remember the most is just that the Salt Lake Magic community is so robust that uh, it was, and and at the time, the the ability to connect with anybody within the larger Magic Gathering community, primarily via Twitter, was so easy. So we had interviews with. Cedric Phillips, Gavin Verhey, Mark Rosewater, right? And it was like, it was not hard to get those interviews. I can't imagine the difficulty in trying to get those interviews today. And the ability to talk about the things that we were talking about 10 years ago, no way you could get away with doing that today. Yeah, it's it's funny to kind of think about like the brain tapped days. And, you know, funnily enough, like, uh, you know, one of the reasons that like I wanted to do something different is like, I did. I wanted to be more professional. I wanted to do something, you know, more impactful. Which is funny, right? Because like 
I think our last episode of Brain Tap is the Mark Rosewater episode, right? Where we we had him on and like man, what I would give to be able to get the guests the way that we got them on that show back then. You're absolutely right. Um He teased out the red draw ability that like of, of Chandra that is now just the red draw ability. But well and now it's even it's even evolved, right? So now you can draw and exile for like two turns. Yeah. Right? And you can draw and exile from your opponent's library. Yeah. That's, belongs to red so it's true um it's really interesting that that was really the, the, the entry point to that whole thing and that was probably the first teaser for that ability uh anywhere in the magic community dude that's a good point you make me regret uh hitting the delete button on those those episodes oh and to me like the cedric phillips episode <laughs> dude i got i have a fun so I have I, people ask me about Cedric Phillips. They're like, "Didn't you have him on your own podcast? Like, don't you know him?" And uh, behind the scenes, like uh, Cedric and I uh, were like, Cedric was something that I felt like I could talk to. That like I was open to talking to the Magic Community. And we had a local player who was Facebook friends with me, who like attacked him on my Facebook page like a decade ago. And like I went to talk to him in an SG event. He's like, "Dude, you got to pick better friends. Like, no more." And it, it's it's uh, it, it makes you think about like, you know, that the people you surround yourself with and like the importance of that type of stuff. So it's funny that you bring that up. Uh, I want to I want to ask you, what do you think when I message you? Like, I message you like, hey, it's the ten year anniversary of CC. I want you on first. What, what were your thoughts? I thought maybe I should actually listen to an episode because I've never actually listened to a single episode of this podcast. <laughs> And then the next question is like, who is he corralled in to actually continue this 10 years later? And and is he still getting paid? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Hall of Famer Seth Manfield, uh, you know, Wizards employee Michael Hendrick. A lot of people, Kyle. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> oh, man. Let's talk about the before, though, because you're the only one that has this insight, and I thought this would be really funny. Um, we did an interview with uh, Chewy from the Manipool at GP Vegas that he put on, he put everywhere. And you and I were like, dude, we, we got a magic podcast coming. We're not entirely sure, but it's going to rock your socks. And we had two big ideas at the time. It yeah. was the Devil's Advocate podcast, where there was one person... That was arguing a point in magic and then somebody just playing devil's advocate. That was the whole show. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it was like the pitch pern devil's advocates or something. But that was that was one show. Uh, and then you had a much bigger idea that was like, let's get a network of people together and do MTG news and like actually do a new show from like different GP locations, the Pro Tour, like all that stuff. Do you remember these conversations? Oh, definitely. Like, I think the, to reference Devil's Advocate, I think that description is essentially trying to wrap up what Magic Twitter was like at that time. That it was essentially a bunch of uh, conversations that were immediately turning into debates. And those debates were, it would go on for a couple days about a particular topic. And no one would ever come out as the, the winner of these debates. It was just, you know, is this thing good for magic? Is this thing bad for magic? It, you know, very much rooted back into this old trope of, 
this is the thing that will destroy magic, right? And so you could just have any one of those things that is going to destroy magic that never does and just debate those things. And uh, that was basically what was happening 10 years ago on Twitter. Not that it's not that today, but... Dude, what's so funny is, like, thinking back about it, like, the the people that I was considering, like, for that show were, like, Doug Potter, like, uh, uh... Oh, my gosh, who's the little Utah kid that's the rager? He's not a kid anymore. He's, like, a full-grown adult now. Uh... <laughs> There were quite a few Oscar Oscar Jones. Was oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oscar Jones. Uh, people know him by his empty tune name, but we will bring that up. Uh, no, I I think that like the Devil's Advocate show was something interesting, and the reason that I didn't pull the trigger on something like that was like, I think that this helps like is a really entertaining show, but it felt like I don't know if you know sports shows, Kyle, but it felt like a a little bit first take ish back at, back in the day. Like the the Stephen A. Smith, which is so funny because like First Strike is literally a podcast in Magic by KYT based upon for <laughs> first take. But um, the newscast one like really got my interest. It felt like it was like uh, what was really interesting at the time. I I don't know if it was Hearthstone had that that network that they had not they had launched, but somebody had just launched a Hearthstone network right around the time where, like, Tana Grace was on it. Uh, there was, like, a news desk that they would cut to, and they would do, like, a daily show. Do you remember this? I do not, know. I just remember it being the we were in a, a tide shift of having weekly SCG coverage and near bi-weekly GP yeah. coverage, and that was starting to drift away. And as that was drifting away, events would be happening, large-scale events would be happening, yeah. and there just wouldn't be uh any sort of coverage that was coming out of that right and so you would have to find out secondhand days after the fact uh as to even things like like what was the top eight of that event yeah we didn't have the same kind of like decks deck curation online tools that allowed you to just peruse all of the 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 deck meta um that was around at the time so uh, i gotta ask i mean i think you've been i think you've been on three ccmt episodes it was literally episode 50, episode 100, and episode 1. So this is kind of a funny question. But, like, what's your favorite memory uh, for either before the show or during the show? I mean, really, it's got to be all before the show. But, like, the three that stick in my mind are Cedric Phillips, Gavin Verhey, and Mark Rosewater. And The brain type stuff. Yeah, the real unifying thing was when I first started working with you guys in a podcast setting uh, we were all young early 20s i was sitting there in my early 30s yeah and there was a lot of just i think uh like emotional growth that was happening at that time right and i think i was really honing in on like use of language and i think a lot of our content early on in our interviews was centered around the just kind of i want to say toxic but the the kind of behavior of the magic the gathering community and how inclusive it was and i think where that community has gone and the direction that they've uh, and the stance that the community has taken on a lot of these issues we were really having these conversations much much earlier on and i think that really sticks in, it sticks in my mind 
And I really just think about when we were having these conversations about the use of different like terms, even in small communities of individuals on what players felt comfortable calling each other, close friends, things like that. And Gavin like shifted that whole conversation into really more about just the use of magic, magic jargon. He was, we, we sat and talked about the use of a term like I bounce your guy. Like, what does that even mean to a new player? Yeah, this is this is something I've talked about with my current coach, Mason Clark, actually quite a bit, where it's like, you know, he's a, he's a huge proponent because Bandlands has stuck with people so much and he talks about like let's call them creature lands. Like what they're not they're not manland, they're creature lands. Like let's call them that. Let's make it a more inclusive thing. And and honestly, Kyle, like I think back to, you know, conversations in in your truck, uh you know, pe- people who listen to CC don't realize, I think, the impact that you had on me in my developmental years as like a, I mean, I, what is I, 20 years old when we met, like 23-year-old, like, that's just such an influential time. And like, I don't know, you, you, uh, you there are times where like, Kyle bugs me so much. I'm like, shut up, you're being annoying. But then there are also times... We're like, oh my gosh, this is Kyle once again telling me that I'm being ridiculous. And you did that a lot for me in my youth. Like, and honestly, like, if you think about like always improving, um, which happened after you left the show, it's something taken from a job that I got my first, I would call it like my first big kid job, my first job in a startup, um, startup culture. And I, I think about like, that uh that mindset and like why we adopted it into the podcast um a lot a lot of that had to do with like um you know i i remember traveling to to events with you and and talking about like you know you know if you top it this pizza queue like what does it mean what if you you know what how do you how do you build on that right and i don't know I, i'm kind of curious like I, you just admitted you haven't listened to the show since you left, but I, I'm kind of curious. Uh, what is the idea of being always improving and always trying to be better tomorrow than you were today mean to you? Well, you know, I'm, I've been teaching for the last God, almost 15 years now. And I think that there's this kind of shift in the way that uh, higher ed pedagogy is going into this idea of a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And it's very much tied into that, right? So that always improving doesn't mean that everything that you do is a step above what was happening before, right? Like falling down is just as impactful for your growth as uh, making an actual achievement itself. So I think always improving is really much tied into the same idea as growth mindset. And just as long as you both understand that making mistakes and, uh, and struggling and um, that that is a part of the growth process and then also wanting to, that's the other piece, right? Like, I think you have to want to actually always be improving. You have to actively take those actions and have that mindset to be able to, to make it, to make it happen. And magic is like the perfect game in a lot of ways to help with that. Cause it's so, it's so easy to get those like high highs, but it's also just as easy to like you know, oh, to an event and be like, what happened? Like, what did I do wrong? Um, I love it. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious, is there something like, obviously, 
like you know you've been a part you you've been separated from the show for over nine years now like i don't think you've been on the show for a long time but there's something that like you would hope that myself and my co-host bring to listeners moving forward well and i don't know if this is still part of it but the you know i think the hashtag prior to always improving was would that be good (laughs) would that be good yeah, we, we got rid of that because it was a little bit of bullying. Right, but but what I really appreciated about Would That Be Good was that here we had probably one of the most toxic people so in our local community who represented like lying and cheating and stealing. Yeah. And you were able to take that and turn it into probably one of the more positive uh aspects of that questioning of that question would that be good right that 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 really would that be good was rooted in here's this ridiculous thing that is not good and i'm asking you if this would be good because i'm trying to engage you and take attention away from yeah take attention from you and uh and you were able to say no 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 like here's something that we're actually wondering if this is good and we want to talk people, about people ask about that segment good. still it's i cannot believe you brought this up i also i already know what podcast listener is going to listen to this episode and then immediately bring tweet like ha, bring back hashtag would that be good um i i gotta i gotta tell the listeners that don't know so hashtag would that be good was a segment on the show that we would do at the end of every show where we would go read hashtag would that be good on twitter Back when, like, hashtags were, like, it's still a thing that people, like, regularly use. And we would just read them and answer them on the show. Um, it got back to the person that it's about, which, by the way, has been banned from, like, every local game store in Utah at this point. There's actually just not a lot of play in Utah. Um, but he was, he very much came up to me and was like, hey, I feel like this is bullying of me. And I was like, okay, I'll remove it. Like... Um, but you're right. I, I do think that I took, it made me feel really good here. I really do think like I took a negative of something that happened to us every day in this environment and turned it into something that people genuinely enjoyed and like enjoyed the conversation of. So I, uh, I do this on our Patreon, by the way, we have daily discussions. Maybe that's how I'll bring it back. I don't know. You made me. You made me think here, Kyle. You got me live on the show. But I, if there's if there's one thing that I I will say about hashtag would that be good? It is that it certainly helped the show gain um, a relationship and showed me the importance of a relationship with your listeners. That is that goes beyond just them putting in their headphones and is about like, Hey, like you should be available for these people that are dedicating the time to your show in any way that you can. Um, as well as, you know, being, uh, I don't know, being, being kind. It, it, once you're reading something on your show that somebody tweets, right? Like there's a, there's a dual part ownership here. You're saying this thing that you know I'm going to read on my show, and then I'm going to answer honestly, and then I also have to answer in a way that is both honest and not, like, rude. 
Um, and that that's that's an interesting partnership. And I think that it's a partnership that uh, we have with our Patreon listeners with our Patreon questions, as well as with our YouTube listeners, with our YouTube comment section. So we, we do try to do this, um, but I, I might I might find a way to bring back hashtag. Would that be good? It's something that somebody brings up like every it feels like 18 months. Yeah, and I think, you know, anything that involves like engagement, because I think what was so nice about that is that you didn't actually have to be involved with your podcast to be participating in those conversations. Dude, some of them was really funny. Like the, the, the number of times where they, it was clearly not magic related and we still answer it. Like it was magic related. Oh, right. Well, now, you know, we've got hashtag MTG, which has taken on a whole other oh. political sphere, right? Like, so. I get some weird stuff now, like weird likes when I tweet hashtag MTG. I'm like, I don't think I'm talking about what you think I'm talking about. Right. That's too funny. Yeah. Uh, all right, Kyle. If people want to find you, about MTG Finance, about the things that you're doing in the teaching world, we're going to do that. Well, I think the easiest place to find me in terms of magic and magic finance is just on Twitter. Uh, my ha- handle is Brother52, um, so you can find me there. Um, if you just search hashtag MTG Finance, you'll find me there. Um, there is one hashtag that I had that pretty much I think I have ownership of, which is... Uh, shop crawling so i think it's uh like do you miss miss that yes and no i mean i miss i miss a lot of things about uh traveling across the country in a truck being being a nomad and uh you know basically being able to finance uh, a vehicle and driving across the country through buying and selling magic cards that was phenomenal but uh, I also recognize that you have to have a very, very open lifestyle that doesn't require a lot of responsibility to be able to do that. And uh, now that I'm in a position where I have a lot more responsibility and I have less free time, uh, I, I'm seeing the benefits of that as well. All right. Any shout outs you want to give before we wrap it up? I guess I just need to give a shout out to Oasis Games because that really was the place that started it all for me in Salt Lake. Um, started off for all of us, man. Like, let's go. I, yeah. I, 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 uh, I missed Oasis this tournament last weekend, but what a what a place, man. Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, getting to see their the new location that they had. I don't even know how old that new location is at this point, but like that was really nice to get to see last time I visited. And uh, and yeah, and then here locally, I got to give a shout out to Outer Plains and Santa Rosa. They're kind of basically the the go to spot. Um, so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one. Oh, shout out to Josh, little Josh, wherever the hell he's at. Dude, where is yeah. little Josh? I gotta I reach know. out to little Josh. But uh, I'm hoping that I have high hopes for that kid. I hope he's doing good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kyle, for coming on. If don't forget to follow Kyle on Twitter. Uh, this was like you said a hashtag with that because like my whole brain went into like memory mode. I I love this. I think we're going to get some good stuff from this. Uh, Kyle, thanks again. And we will see everybody for the next part of the 10-year celebration of CCMPG.